0: no Thursday night game to kick off week 18, and the Chiefs are stomping the Raiders in Vegas right now as I record, so it's time for the Pick'em Show. Hello once again, everybody. It is week 18. And it was a rough week, to say the least. Um, What was going on with Damar Hamlin, I think, rightfully captured the attention of the league as a whole. And, you know, when news came in, I think it was, what, Thursday morning, that he was awake that he could communicate. Man, it, was, it was such a sigh of relief to know that he was at least able to do that. Able to hold hands with his family. Um, at this point, I'm pretty sure he's awake. I think he was posting on uh, Instagram. He FaceTimed with the Bills. And, you know, as a Bills fan, my heart sank when I saw that. And I was getting messages from people. I was actually recording the game and driving to go watch it with uh, my brother. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were playing each other in the fantasy finals. And we both had guys going in that game. And we were just looking forward to, like, hanging out, having a good time. And so, you know, I start getting messages as that's happening and I knew something bad happened because most of the so the kind of people that were messaging me about the game were not football fans, and I knew somebody got hurt, and so it was just it was like waiting to see what that thing was that happened and oh, you know I'm just I'm glad Demar's okay or as okay as he's gonna be at this stage um he's still in critical care, he's still got work to do uh to get back. Um, but all I wanted was for him to be able to leave that hospital with his family, like me as a third party observer, of course I felt horrible for him. I felt horrible for the bills organization and for the Bengals and, you know, even the people in attendance that saw that happen, like it's a horrible thing to see and to see the emotion on the face of his teammates was a lot um and i know talking to a lot of other people just kind of that same like somber gut punch um so it was excellent news to see that he has bounced back as far as he has in as short a period of time as he has and the fallout uh, with the seating And people complaining about, you know, who's getting screwed by the seeding decisions and etc. Honestly, you know, it doesn't matter. I said at the beginning of the season, I don't care if the Bills get the number one seed. I wanted that for the fans in Buffalo to be able to host that game. But... If I really believed that they were the best team in the league and capable of winning a Super Bowl, then I don't think they needed home field advantage. Uh, the number one seed in the bye week doesn't always work out either, and I said in mid-season too, I don't care about the seeding. I just want them in the playoffs and playing their best football at the end of the season. And so all this like back and forth arguing about the seeding, it's like, you know, that is that's not the big picture. That's small picture stuff, and... I don't care. It would have been nice if the Raiders beat the Chiefs, but uh, the Raiders are not good. And it seems like they didn't come ready to play. And honestly, it looked like both teams are kind of playing at like 60-75%. But the Chiefs' 75% is way better than the Raiders' 75%. So, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of, well, there's not that much game left. But if the Raiders can somehow get a score cut it to like a 10-point game, maybe 11-point game, they'll have a chance. But, you know, they're down 24-6 as the third quarter winds down. It's it's not good for them. And so it is what it is. The Chiefs will have the number one seed, most likely. There's going to be some weird scenarios for potential AFC title games. I don't care. The game's going to get played where it's going to get played. The better team's going to win. And what matters is that DeMar Hamlin is okay, and he is able to, you know, talk to his family, talk to his team. Those are good things. So, it is what it is, Um, but I took, you know, I took a whole week off, basically, because I really just didn't want to do anything football-related until I knew that this kid was going to be okay, and I mean... Uh, It was great to see that his toy drive got such an influx of donations. That was really a good example of how the league rallied behind him and shared his cause and wanted to support him. And it's great to see all the teams around the league kind of honoring his number and kind of showcasing his struggle over the last week or so. But, he's got a long road ahead. The NFL is a business, so they're not going to stop nothing. And the decisions that had to be made got made. And, you know, we're moving forward. So, Kristen is not joining me today. I think we're both probably out of it in the Pick'em League Um I ended up taking the Raiders in this game, hoping that I could steal one, knowing everybody was going to go Chiefs, and everybody did go Chiefs, and this is just going to put me one further back in the hole, so I'm not going to I'm not going to win this Pick'em League. Uh, I think I'm fourth in the other league out of 30, so it's not bad, but, you know, that one bad week derailed me. I'm going to start off this week 0-1, so that's going to be a whole lot of fun, and then we get the Titans and the Jaguars tonight, not even going to be able to watch that game either. I've got uh i've got my high school reunion tonight so i'll be going and doing that and uh i'll check in on the game but then you know tomorrow there's a lot of games to get into and without the thursday night recap we'll probably just jump right into that i'm not gonna be overly analytical with any of these i don't even know if i'm gonna put two minutes on the clock i'm just gonna go through the games i'll look and i'll see which ones in the morning feel like the important ones and uh, we'll go from there. So if that sounds good, let's do that. All right. So what is the first game is the Bucks at the Falcons. Atlanta's favored by four because I think Tom Brady's not playing, if that is right. And I mean, the Bucks' defense is still way better. They still might have a chance, but I don't know who the Bucks are actually going to sit out for this game. You know, it looks like Donovan Smith is out. Vita Vea won't play. Carlton Davis. So they're a little banged up. I think they clinched the division anyway. So this game is completely meaningless to them. Atlanta's going to try and uh, make a stand of some kind, uh, but Atlanta, Carolina, New Orleans, all mathematically eliminated, along with some other teams. We'll get into that. Um, so yeah, the Bucks have the South. It doesn't matter. Uh, this game is realistically meaningless, so I see why Atlanta's favored at home. The Bucks are probably just going to rest up, try to get their guys healthy. You know, they still might win on accident, but you know, I, I could see why Atlanta is favored. Over/under a 40, we'll say under because Bucks just don't score in general, and uh, they do have a better defense than the Falcons. So. Whatever, maybe I'll try and steal this game and go with the Falcons and hope people pick the Bucks, or I'll do the opposite and hope that works out. I've got to gauge the room and see if I can make a steal here. Bills, they're playing to uh, stay in that contention for the number one seed, or at least for the neutral site AFC title game. They're playing the Patriots. Uh, Let's see, the Patriots are not eliminated. They're still alive, so they need to win to get in. Uh... But the Bills are playing for a lot. I know they're heavy-hearted. I know there is a lot on their plate emotions-wise, and rightfully so. But I think this is a situation where getting the kind of news they got late in the week as practice began to ramp up after they did their walkthrough, I think they're going to be in a position playing at home where, let's face it, even if they don't play their best game, I think the whistle is going to go their way. So... Bills are America's team now, and them losing at home to the Patriots to get a mostly unentertaining, mediocre Patriots team into the playoffs, just I don't think so. Bills have had trouble covering, but maybe not this time. They smashed the Patriots in Buffalo last time they played, so I think they can win this by 7.5. We've got the Vikings Vikings favored by 6 at Chicago. They're just coming off getting stomped on by Green Bay. And it's the second time they've really gotten like beat horribly like that this season. And so you can see some of the writing on the wall of why people have faded the Vikings in the power rankings. And I mean, I would definitely have them below the bills now. But up until this last week, I've kept them above buffalo and had them at number two because they've won all kinds of crazy games and even though they did lose to dallas like they had stayed ahead of dallas in uh the pacing they had beaten a bunch of good teams but now i could see the vikings as like probably top five but not really in my mind one of the threats to win the super bowl because like the way they lose to a team like green bay the way they lose to a team like dallas those are terrible losses like beatdown style losses and you know sometimes nothing's going right and we've seen how resilient they are but you know i think matched up against the chiefs or the Bengals or the bills or the eagles maybe even the packers again like i don't know that they're gonna stand much of a chance they should beat the bears though justin fields has been shut down they're favored by six they're on the road vikings probably try to get out ahead in this one and then kind of coast their way in and their loss takes their ability to get the number one seat off the table too, or the loss last week. So over under 42 and a half, two bad defenses, definitely take the over there. Uh, but Minnesota should probably win by six. And then we've got Ravens-Bengals um, kind of with the division on the line, but not exactly. Uh, Bengals are returning to the site of... Mar Hamlin's injury, being back at home, having to play on that field again. I think it'll be emotional for them, too. Nine points is too big of a spread in this game, in my opinion, although the Bengals cannot lose the division outright. Um, the Ravens are getting Lamar Jackson back, I believe, and just nine points is a lot in a division game, especially in the North, where like they hit and they play the kind of physical football they do. Uh, that's going to be tough. To cover that nine and that's why the like with the over under at 39 and a half to nine points is huge so considering the over under is that low uh i will take the ravens to cover and i will say they actually go over 39 and a half but Bengals will find a way to win and texans and colts i mean combined for six wins i don't even care what happens in this game i hope the texans win Colts are favored by two and a half at home but i don't know why um They have not looked good the last couple of weeks. The Texans have at least played good up until last week where they got throttled. They finally broke their streak against the Jags. So, I don't... Let me look at the injuries really quick. Uh, Let's see. Bottom-feeding AFC South matchup. Let's see. Uh, Philip Dorsett out. Morrissey out. Nelson out. I mean, whatever. It looks like Eleanor is going to start for the Colts here. These teams are about the same. Colts have a little bit better of an offense and a better defense. So, yeah, the Colts should win. They should win. Uh, They've got the talent in the right places. They at least play defense where Houston's defense is kind of crappy. Close game. I could even see them not winning by two and a half, but because it's close, Over under 37 and a half. I'll take the Colts to just cover at home. It's not a a big deal. They're both bottom feeders. So they're going to be testing stuff out out there. And then you get Jets-Dolphins in an interesting one. The Jets were eliminated with the loss last week. They didn't look good in Seattle either. And, you know, in hindsight, I shouldn't have taken the Jets to win that game. I thought their defense would be good enough. But now that the straw has broken the camel's back... The only thing that they can play for here is to spoil the Dolphins season, which, I mean, that's very much what the Jets would like to do at this point. But it must have been a knock to their confidence to get Mike White back out there and then the offense look just as shitty as it did with Zach Wilson under center. So in that way, I'll probably roll with Miami just because they have a little bit more uh, home run power, like we'll say, they have a better fastball and better fastball pitcher will probably win the day more often than not. They're at home, three point favorites. Like the Jets defense is legitimately good, but their offense just looks so bad. And even though the Dolphins don't have a great defense, like they are fast, so I think that's going to be some problems for the Jets. I'll, I'll take Miami at home, and we'll say under 37 based on what i saw last week then you got the San- uh, the panthers and the saints they are playing for nothing they're playing to see who gets runner up in the division i guess um the saints are four and four at home where the panthers are one and six on the road i see why new orleans is favored by three and a half new orleans has the better defense they have the more experienced quarterback they have more speed i think on offense as well uh And I think ultimately they just have the more talented roster as a whole. Doesn't mean the Panthers can't win. Uh, But in a game where kind of like both teams are trying to see what they have for next season and what they want to do, you know, I'll I'll go with the Saints at home. New Orleans is a tough dome to play in. It's the last game of the season. I think, you know, the fans still show up and they're going to show some love. It's going to be loud. So is Sam Darnold going to go on the road? He's played well. He played really well last week, but they lost on the road as they do. So we'll go with the Saints to win, but maybe the Panthers cover that three and a half. It's a field goal game because defensive struggle, run the ball, you know, NFC South football. Uh, Then you got the Browns at the Steelers. Browns looking to play spoiler to the Steelers and to Mike Tomlin's streak of uh, non-losing seasons. Steelers are eight and eight. 3-4 3-4 at home. Browns are 7-9. and 3-5 and five on the road. And it looks like the Browns finally played their best football once getting eliminated. So, this is going to be a physical game. I know, like, the Steelers, I think, are more cohesive as a team right now. But in terms of the weaponry, the Browns are probably as good, if not better, in, like, the key areas. Like, is Chubb better than Najee? Yeah. Is uh, Amari Cooper better than any of the Steelers receivers yeah but they just they haven't looked good they haven't had enough time to gel together and they still almost made it to 500 so that's decent they want to play spoiler but they're going into Pittsburgh and I'm just gonna the Pittsburgh defense well it hasn't been good they still have been better than the Browns defense and they have the kind of playmakers on one side of the ball and they're playing for something where Cleveland's really not so the Steelers have to sell out to win because this is a playoff game for them so I'll take the Steelers by a field goal at home and we'll say over 40 because both of these teams kind of in the same neighborhood it's going to be close to that 40 point margin Uh, but I think both these defenses give up some points in bad matchups so we'll say over 40 and then you go to the afternoon game and you get Chargers Broncos The Broncos suck, but they are hard to beat in mile high, and if it wasn't for Russell Wilson being so terrible all the time, I would probably think that Denver could win. Like, the Chargers, it's a meaningless game for them. Denver's favored by three. They might even sit Justin Herbert uh, in this game. It, It looks like they might because I see that Denver is favored by three here. Um... So it could be a situation where, you know, it's like a preseason game where they play the beginning of the game and then take everybody out. Uh, And because the Chargers have their playoff spot locked up as well, they can't really move up or down, I don't think. Let me bring up that playoff window here. The Chargers are fifth, and they cannot leapfrog to any of the other positions, so they just have to stay ahead of Baltimore. But they also have the tiebreak, so if they both win or both lose... I don't know being fifth or being 6th does doesn't matter you're going on a road game you're gonna go play in Buffalo or in Jacksonville or Cincinnati so yeah I I mean I just don't trust Denver so I'll take the Chargers uh and they'll cover because they're three-point underdogs so it depends I could I could see why Denver's favored especially at home but I don't trust them at all they've screwed me so many times this season uh, i'm definitely riding with the chargers and then we get giants eagles i think the the giants are into they are uh, in the playoffs i don't think they can move up they can't uh, dallas has that over them and the only thing they could maybe do is fall down a spot but they would still be tied with Seattle, Detroit, or Green Bay who wins? So New York's in. Do they need to win against Philly? No. Philly kind of needs to win to get back on track. They haven't been playing. They didn't play well last week, that's for sure. So if Jalen Hurts is playing, they need to definitely get up, get out, get ahead. But they're 16-point favorites. That's way too much in a division game, especially when both of these teams are probably going to throttle down. 16 seems like a huge trap. Uh, Over-under of 43, though... Um, I mean, weather looks decent. I don't know that... I mean, so, damn, 16 points is so much. Minus 1,600 on the Eagles. They're 8-8 eight and eight against the spread. So I'm definitely not taking them to cover 16 points where the Giants are 12-4 and four against the spread. Like, Giants just play good, well-rounded football. They take possessions off the clock. They make it hard on you uh, to... To string together consecutive possessions, like, you know, they, they play every team fairly tough, and it looks like Jalen Hurts is questionable. He may play a little bit. Maddox out, Sweat's out, uh, Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojalari are out for New York, uh, but yeah, I think both of these teams will throttle down, so you'll see whatever happens in the first half is kind of going to be the game, like, whoever wins that, and these teams may play each other again in the playoffs, so I don't think either of them wants to show their hand fully. But 16 is way too much. I'll take the Eagles. They're going to get Jalen Hurts warmed up, try to get out to a lead early, and then just coast. So I'll take Hurts, and... But I'll take the Giants to, to cover, and we'll say... We'll say... Under 43. And then we get uh, Cardinals 49ers is the next one. Niners favored by 14.5. They, too are not capable of taking the oh they could get the number one seed if Philly loses if the Niners go 13 and 4 and Philly loses I don't see what the official uh, tiebreak standings are but it is possible Philly's clinched uh, 49ers clinched the division the Eagles still need to win to clinch the division which they may not So, yeah, because if Dallas wins and they lose, then Philly's going to be a wild card team. So they don't want that to happen. So Philly's got to win. Niners don't have to win. Their division is secure. But the way things went down for them last week, I think it's probably a similar situation where they want to get out, beat up on the Cardinals early, and then kind of throttle down in the second half and just get ready for the playoffs. So 14.5 is too big for my liking in that game. But I do like the Niners to win. I'll take over on 39 and a half garbage time will be interesting it's going to be a hard week to pick spreads and to pick this kind of stuff but moving on we've got rams seahawks seahawks at home favored by six playing for their playoff life if they win they are not necessarily in but they have the tiebreak over detroit um they have the division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Green Bay, but Detroit wins the tiebreak over Green Bay based on head to head percentage. So that's going to be a win and end game for whoever that team is, I think. If, if Seattle loses, Detroit and Green Bay will play for the final playoff spot. If Seattle wins, it looks like they hold the tiebreak over both of those teams. But there's a lot of scenarios in play, and I don't have them all spelled out in front of me, so I wouldn't trust my word on it, but Seattle by six at home against a Rams team that looks a lot different, plays a lot different, but Seattle's got to win. You know, they they beat a good Jets defense, and they held that offense in check. Rams offense isn't significantly better. They just, you know, surprised Seattle last time when I think it was John Wolford was in there, and the Rams do have a good run defense, so... That said, division game, Seattle by six, I say no. I say the Rams will cover the six. They're going to play hard to try and eliminate their counterpart. That's a rivalry. They don't like each other. And they're going to be on the road, so it's always hard to play there. Baker, I don't know if he's played in Seattle before. And the 12s are going to be loud. So we'll say over 41-and-a-half. Seattle wins, Rams cover. And then we get Washington at Dallas. Dallas needs to win if Philly loses to take the division. Um, other than that, if Philly wins earlier in the day, there's not much Dallas can do. Um, they're favored by seven over a Commanders team that is also eliminated from the playoffs after, I should have known better, Carson Wentz. I, as soon as he came back, I was hesitant to like lean on any Washington players just he's been out of the system for so long that even if you think he's the right answer it's like he hasn't played with this team in like two months so to think that he's going to come in and save you and bring you to the playoffs in this one game despite Heineke like definitely reaching his ceiling and finding his limitations uh I don't think Carson Wentz is better for the price you're paying him and he came in he had a horrible game like threw a bunch of dumb interceptions just looked terrible like the team got dragged in the media after that and rightfully so like you brought in this guy to be the quarterback uh he wasn't very good when he was starting then he gets hurt and it gives you an excuse to bring in Heineke Heineke brings the team to the point where they actually have a winning record they're in contention they're one of the hottest teams in football with Heineke for like two months and then yeah they found you know they found their level but that game last week is a game that Heineke should have played in that's all and regardless against the Cowboys they're eliminated now so what are they gonna do Cowboys may end up, you know, tanking this game if Philly uh, wins beforehand. But I don't think they want to lose the number two either to uh, Minnesota. So if they can at least stay tied with Minnesota, they will have that advantage. So I look for the Cowboys to win. Washington can't score. So Dallas by seven seems like it makes sense. And then you get the night game. There's no Monday night game either. So you get the Sunday night game and that's the end of the week. And that is the Lions who are eight and eight at the Packers, eight and eight. Green Bay's favored by five, over-under of 49. And that could be a win-and-in game. So we will see. Uh, There's a reason that it got the Sunday night slot. Packers winning by five seems like a lot. But when the Lions lose, they lose Funky. And if it's cold enough, it's going to be cold. But if it's cold enough, the Lions may not play their best football. Jared Goff at least has gone in there and played with Uh, the Rams on a couple of occasions, but their defense is so bad that it's a bad time for them to be playing a Green Bay team that is, like, heating up, I would say. Or at least figuring out how to just, like, run their offense and do their thing. So even on a bad year for Aaron Rodgers, he's thrown for 3,500 yards and 25 touchdowns. So, like, him having an off year is still pretty darn good. And they, I think with bringing in... What's the, is it Christian Watson? Is that the receiver that I'm thinking of? It may not be, but I'm going to look it up just so I don't uh, put my foot in my mouth. It is Christian Watson. Having him there, it's like they have a number one again. They have a guy that they can throw jump balls to, a guy who's fast that they can run plays across the field for, takes the pressure off of Lazard being the number one, which he very much is not, and it allows the rookie and Dobbs and uh, Cobb to like kind of just do what they're supposed to do puts dylan and aaron jones in a good position and you know their defense isn't great but their secondary can be annoying and you saw it against minnesota if they are that kind of annoying and they're not getting calls against them detroit's gonna have a tough time so if you were gonna tell me at the beginning of the season that the packers are gonna play at home against the lions and Aaron Rodgers has to beat Jared Goff to get into the playoffs, well, then Aaron Rodgers is going to do it. But Aaron Rodgers at home against the Lions, his record is, I'm sure, impeccable. And while I would like to see the Lions win, it just seems like things are lining up for Green Bay. It's like, it's going to be the Lions year next year. They, had they not started the season 1-7, and 1-6, and six or whatever, Detroit would easily be in the playoff picture right now. But they lost a game that they shouldn't have to Carolina, and now this is the situation. So, it is what it is, and I would like the Lions to win, but we're probably going to see Old Man Brady and Old Man Rogers hobble their team into the playoffs, and uh, that will legitimize some playoff wins for some other teams that beat them. Like, if Dallas beats Tampa in the playoffs, it's like, they've lost to Tampa the in the regular season, the last couple of years, in close games, so they finally get to avenge that. If Minnesota gets to play Green Bay and beat them in the playoffs, they finally get to get that monkey off their back, etc. You know what it is. It's football. They want the good matchups, so. That's it. That's the end of the show. I'm not going to dig into detail too much. Did I give. Did I look at the spread here? I probably did, and I just forgot about it. Let's see. I got to go back. I got to go back. I got to go back. Um, oh, yeah, we took. Dallas to cover and under 40. And we'll take the over 49. And Green Bay wins. But let's say the Lions cover just for fun. Green Bay's favored by five. That's a big spread in a division game between two kind of evenly matched teams. So we'll say uh, over, though, because I want that game to be a shootout since it's Sunday night. And that's it. Since Kristen is not here, I don't have her patented sign-off line to send us into the final week of football. Uh, let me check back in on this Raiders game. Uh, it's 31-6 now, Chiefs, so the Raiders are definitely not coming back and winning this game. I'm definitely losing the pick I tried to steal this game because if I got this one, I would be within striking distance, and then I could move some stuff around the rest of the week. But, alas, it is not meant to be. The Chiefs will have their stupid number one seed, and um, the Bengals will beat them in the playoffs if they play again, and I'm confident that the Bills will beat them this time. I know the Bills have lost to them in Arrowhead, you know, back-to-back seasons, but the way that they make it out, it just seems like they talk shit like the Bills have lost to the Chiefs like 10 years straight in Arrowhead. It's like, it's been two seasons, like, chill out, like, you know, yes, it's not great to go to Arrowhead, but the bills learned that last season they finally actually beat them in the regular season last year in arrowhead and then lost in the playoffs in a game that they probably should have won so i don't think they make those same mistakes a second time so even if the game were to be played at arrowhead which it may not then i'm still confident in the bills so that's that's uh, gonna put a stamp on it again just really happy that demar hamlin is able to uh resume some semblance of a, a life with cognitive function, breathing on his own. Um, I will keep an eye on his progress from here on out. I know that stadium is going to be very emotional in Buffalo, and I just I don't see how the Bills lose that game. So, you heard it here. The Bills are America's team. Now, I've been saying it for years. The Bills are the biggest underdog in football. They have been. It's because of the Super Bowls. So if they hadn't lost the four Super Bowls, like, they don't have a good story. But because they've lost the four Super Bowls and to just be forged in trauma the way that this team has been this season with the shooting and the blizzard and Hamlin and all this stuff that's gone on with the Bills, um, like, they have to be emotionally tougher than any team in the league right now and they face the kind of adversity that a lot of other franchises have not dealt with so I believe in the Bills and I'm excited to see them in the playoffs I'm excited to see them maybe not practicing with Hamlin but I want to see Hamlin get back together with the team or at least see them like in the hospital with him and be able to just have that sigh of relief that Everybody was kind of just waiting to see what happened. So we'll be back for, or at least I'll be back for some playoff stuff, and we'll do the playoff pick'em show and all that good stuff. And I'll be back in back in the role of doing shows and all that. Um, but looking at like my analytics and my data, like I've got to change what I'm doing because you know I'm spending a lot of time in certain areas and not really having the payoffs. So we'll see. I love doing the Pick'em Show, though. It's fun. It's more fun when Kristen's here. Uh, but I've got some stuff in the works on some of the other podcasts. So uh, if you follow me on social media, stay tuned because that stuff is going to be coming soon. I've got the Bad Movies We Love podcast dropping pretty soon. And we're going to have a couple, probably two, three new guests in the next like week and a half. And then uh, we're going to be talking to one of the hosts of athletic obscura coming up and he's an old grade school teacher of mine and we didn't even know that we were the people behind the podcasts until we spent the time and connected and i was like oh my goodness this is his show and so from there we figured it out and uh we're gonna bring your show i don't know what we're gonna talk about it's gonna be weird but i look forward to it and uh, i hope you do as well Since Kristen is not here, happy football Saturday and Sunday. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you to everybody who took the time to listen to this episode. I do appreciate it, and I do believe that word of mouth is still the best way to help, so if you liked what you heard, then please tell somebody. But otherwise, liking, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff helps too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at nick at or at Scheiss podcast on Twitter. And Until next time, stay safe, be well, and go Bills.